Chapter Eight of the Backwash of War by Ellen Newbold Lamont. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eight Pour la Patrie. This is how it was. It is pretty much always like this in a field hospital just ambulances rolling in and dirty dying men and guns off there in the distance very monotonous and the same day after day till one gets so tired and bored big things may be going on over there on the other side of the captive balloons that we can see from a distance but we are always here on this side of them and here on this side of them it is always the same the weariness of it the sameness of it the same ambulances and dirty men and groans or silence the same hot operating rooms the same beds always full in the wards this is war but it goes on and on over and over day after day till it seems like life life in peacetime it might be life in a big city hospital so alike is the routine only the city hospitals are bigger and better equipped and the ambulances are smarter and the patients don't always come in ambulances they walk in sometimes or come in street cars or in limousines and they are of both sexes men and women and have ever so many things the matter with them the hospitals of peacetime are not nearly so stupid so monotonous as the hospitals of war bah war's humane compared to peace more spectacular i grant you more acute that's what interests us but for the sheer agony of life oh peace is way ahead war is so clean peace is so dirty there are so many foul diseases in peace times they drag on over so many years too no war's clean i'd rather see a man die in prime of life in wartime than see him doddering along in peacetime broken-hearted broken-spirited life-broken and very weary having suffered many things to die at last at a good ripe age how they have suffered those who drive up to our city hospitals and limousines in peacetime what's been saved them those who die young and clean and swiftly here behind the guns in the long run it dots up just the same only war spectacular that's all well he came in like the rest only older than most of them a shock of iron-gray hair a mane of it above heavy black brows and the brows were contracted in pain shot as usual in the abdomen he spent three hours on the table after admission the operating table and when he came over to the ward they said not a dog's chance for him no more had he when he came out of ether he said he didn't want to die he said he wanted to live very much he said he wanted to see his wife again and his children over and over he insisted on this insisted on getting well he caught hold of the doctor's hand and said he must get well that the doctor must get him well then the doctor drew away his slim fingers from the rough imploring grasp and told him to be good and patient be good be patient said the doctor and that was all he could say for he was honest what else could he say knowing that there were eighteen little holes cut by the bullet leaking poison into that gashed distended abdomen when these little holes that the doctor could not stop had leaked enough poison into his system he would die not today no but day after tomorrow 
three days more so all that first day the man talked of getting well he was insistent on that he was confident next day the second of the three days the doctor gave him very much pain laid hold of him his black brows bent with pain and he grew puzzled how could one live with such pain as that that afternoon about five o'clock came the general the one who decorates the men he had no sword just a riding whip so he tossed the whip on the bed for you can't do an accolade with anything but a sword just the medaille militaire not the other one but the medaille militaire carries a pension of a hundred francs a year so that's something so the general said very briefly in the name of the republic of france i confer upon you the medaille militaire then he bent over and kissed the man on his forehead pinned the medal to the bedspread and departed there you are just a brief little ceremony and perfunctory we all got that impression the general has decorated so many dying men and this one seemed so nearly dead he seemed half conscious yet the general might have put a little more feeling into it not made it quite so perfunctory yet he's done this thing so many many times before it's all right he does it differently when there are people about but this time there was no one present just the doctor the dying man and me and so we four knew what it meant just a widow's pension therefore there wasn't any reason for the accolade for the sonorous ringing phrases of a dress parade we all knew what it meant so did the man when he got the medal he knew too he knew there wasn't any hope i held the medal before him after the general had gone in its red plush case it looked cheap somehow the exchange didn't seem even he pushed it aside with a contemptuous hand-sweep a disgusted shrug i've seen these things before he exclaimed we all had seen them too we all knew about them he and the doctor and the general and i he knew and understood most of all and his tone was bitter after that he knew the doctor couldn't save him and that he should not see his wife and children again whereupon he became angry with the treatment and protested against it repicture hurt they hurt very much and he did not want them moreover they did no good for his pain was now very intense and he tossed and tossed to get away from it so the third day dawned and he was alive and dying and knew that he was dying which is unusual and disconcerting he turned over and over and black fluid vomited from his mouth into the white enamel basin from time to time the orderly emptied the basin but always there was more and always he choked and gasped and knit his brows in pain once his face broke up as a child breaks up when it cries so he cried in pain and loneliness and resentment he struggled hard to hold on he wanted very much to live but he could not do it he said je ne tiens plus which was true he couldn't hold on the pain was too great he clenched his hands and writhed and cried out for mercy but what mercy had we we gave him morphia but it did not help so he continued to cry to us for mercy he cried to us and to god between us we let him suffer eight hours more like that us and god then i called the priest 
we have three priests on the ward as orderlies and i got one of them to give him the sacrament i thought it would quiet him we could not help him with drugs and he had not got it quite in his head that he must die and when he said i am dying he expected to be contradicted so i asked capillard to give him the sacrament and he said yes and put a red screen around the bed to screen him from the ward then capillard turned to me and asked me to leave it was summer time the window at the head of the bed was open and the hay outside was new cut and piled into little haycocks over in the distance the guns rolled as i turned to go i saw capillard holding a tray of holy oils in one hand while with the other he emptied the basin containing black vomitus out the window no it did not bring him comfort or resignation he fought against it he wanted to live and he resented death very bitterly down at my end of the ward it was a silent summer afternoon i heard them very clearly i heard the low words from behind the screen dites dieu je vous donne ma vie librement pour ma patrie god i give you my life freely for my country the priests usually say that to them for death has more dignity that way it is not in the ritual but it makes a soldier's death more noble so i suppose capillard said it i could only judge by the response i could hear the heavy labored breath the choking wailing cry we oui, we oui, gasped out at intervals ah oh, mon dieu we oui. again the mumbling guiding whisper we oui, we oui, came sobbing gasping in response so i heard the whispers the priest's whispers and the stertorous choke the feeble wailing rebellious wailing in response he was being forced into it forced into acceptance beaten into submission beaten into resignation we oui, we oui, came the protesting moans ah we oui. it must be dawning upon him now capillard is making him see we oui, we oui. the choking sobs reach me ah mon dieu we oui. then very deep panting crying breaths dieu je vous donne ma vie librement pour ma patrie librement librement oh oui oui he was beaten at last the choking dying bewildered man had said the noble words god i give you my life freely for my country after which came a volley of low-toned latin phrases rattling in the stillness like the popping of a mitrailleuse two hours later he was still alive restless but no longer resentful it is difficult to go he murmured and then to-night i shall sleep well a long pause followed and he opened his eyes without doubt the next world is more chic than this he remarked smiling and then i was mobilized against my inclination now i have won the medaille militaire my captain won it for me he made me brave he had a revolver in his hand end of chapter eight